Dear listener, it's Monday morning, the dreaded beginning of the work week, and Matt and I have some advice for you to make it through the next five days on this mini-episode of The Working Experience. Enjoy. The Working Experience. Route 93 North is almost at a standstill. It's a rough one out there this morning. Snow and sleet. There is no service on the... Stand clear of the closing doors, please. Uh, Yeah, folks, we're going to be a few minutes. We have train traffic ahead of us. We should be moving shortly. Y'all need that report ASAP. Where are we on that presentation? And HR wants to see you. Did you return that email yet? We have a team meeting at 10. You stay late, Bob. Teamwork makes the dream work. <laughs> They're moving in a different direction. And after the meeting, we'll have a breakout session. Who ate my Where are my hot pockets? This microwave is disgusting. Oh, God, what's that? He was no. living his Sexual toenails at his desk. I can't take it Hey everybody, welcome to another episode of the Working Experience Podcast. It's Maddie Kay. And John, and it's Monday. Just a beautiful, happy Monday. I think it's the last Monday in February. Yeah, and thank goodness my vacation's over, because that was nothing. I mean, that was just dead space. Dead. Just just you (laughs) sleeping like 20, 22 hours a day. Netflix, just lying on the couch. It is funny when I've heard people come back from vacation. They're like, yeah, I just got a bunch of on-demand movies. <laughs> well, that's when I'll get in a conversation with people and I'll be like, "Did you see so and so series on Amazon or Netflix?" Uh, yeah, it's like, yeah, I binge watched all five seasons. I'm like, what? Wait a second, <laughs> like five seasons? That's like you know, if a typical um, season. Let's just say it's 10 hours of content. That's 50 hours. That's the average work week that you binged. That's overtime. You're getting overtime. Overtime. Yeah. Overtime. Over 40 40 hours. Um, Yeah, I'm up to episode four in Peaky Blinders. Excellent show. But, you know, I watch one, maybe two episodes. I think there are six episodes per season, and they're about an hour each, like 52 minutes with no yeah, so you're you're like the tenth person that's recommended that series to me, and it's on my list. But I just I can't like when I remember it, I just like I don't have time to watch it. It's a good show. I, I rarely recommend shows, but that is a good show. A student recommended it to me, and uh, it's very very good, very well done. A lot of money put into it. Really high production value. Uh, Tom Hardy has a role in it. He is. I, I love Tom Hardy. You know who Tom Hardy is? English yes, actor. yes, yes. Yeah, yeah. I, I like him in anything. Um, so, yeah, but, but back to Monday. Back to, uh, how about a cold, Back to the grind. How about a cold cup of coffee right in the face, which I like to call reality. Yeah. You like that? Yeah. How nice, about a mug? Nice. How about a mug that says hashtag reality on it? <laughs> <laughs> what do you think about that? Huh? Yeah, yeah. You, you know, maybe uh, maybe over the break, um, you were on the beaches or you were skiing. Maybe a little hot cocoa in front of the fire, or <laughs> a, a margarita at the pool or the beach, and then clap your ass down on Monday morning and the boss drops a bombshell right on your desk. 500 page report due tomorrow. You know what's awesome too is that let's say, you know, I'm a teacher so I have a lot of vacation time but your average schmo 
gets what fifty? Uh, no, I'm sorry, uh, two weeks a year out of fifty. Two, two weeks, yeah, two weeks. So you've taken your week, and now you're staring down the barrel. And I can't even imagine this because I've always been yeah, a yeah, you're not even you're not even two months into the new year. <laughs> And you're you're just I mean what you have like eight months until you get to take another week oh. off. And imagine imagine okay, year starts in January, February, all right, January, February, March, April, May, June, July. Kids are off from school, and you decide okay, I'm going to take my two weeks in July because I just want my two weeks off. End of July. That's it. You have that's a, it. you oh my god it's just it's so bad <laughs> and then you just got you so got to drag your ass through August through December with no light at the end of the tunnel and you never have any light at the end of the tunnel that's the thing that's the weird thing is like this goes I, I mean I think people decades. sorry to cut you off but I think people just call in sick not because they're actually sick but oh, they no. just can't take it anymore no, they can't take another yeah stretch of a work week it's mental health like mental health days and whatnot oh i i mean traffic is noticeably lighter on a friday i mean a lot of people do not go to work on friday or they leave at like i came back from new hampshire okay on a tuesday because i had the week off so i came back wednesday i'm sorry skied in the morning it's about two and a half. I usually figure three hours back. So I get in the car. I only skied in the morning. In the car, loaded up by noon. Right, driving back, hit Boston at about two fifteen, jammed, jammed. So, yeah. But I'm like two o'clock. What is everybody doing out here? Like, why aren't you at work? Yeah. I, I wanted to roll my window down, signal the guy next to me, tell me, and be like, "What are you doing out here? What are you doing?" Why aren't you at work right now? I wonder what He's he probably say. a teacher, just like you, that decided to <laughs> exactly. leave the slopes earlier. Yeah. But you know what? We, this is another topic we should we should discuss on the working experiences. I've been reading a lot of articles. Do you know what a surprise medical bill is? Uh, when you get a medical bill you were not expecting? Well, like a massive bill. So <laughs> like basically it's like... dollars something like that. Right, right. So yeah. you're like... You know, you have a, a major procedure and it's out of network, but your insurance company and doctors say, no, don't worry, it's going to be covered. And then it's not covered. And then you get a bill for like $150,000. And roughly about 20% of Americans get these surprise medical bills. Good Lord. Uh, okay. Well, just today, um, I... Uh... I went to my dentist in August. I have dental coverage. I pay extra for it. Go get a cleaning. Had to have a you know fairly minor procedure done. So I'm leaving, and the dentist says uh, you'll you'll get a bill in the mail, but don't worry about it. So I get a bill, it's, you know, for like four hundred dollars, something like that. Just put it to the side. About a month later, I get another one. Then I get another one. Then I finally got another one, and it said like this bill is you know, 90 days overdue. It's around $500. So finally I, I called because I was like, what's going on here? You know, and they never called me or anything. Uh, and then the, um, I, I get a message back from his person who handles this. I had to pay $500 for the Ugh. procedure. And I mean, $500 is not 
$120,000. But I went in to pay it, and she starts explaining, yeah, they didn't cover this, they didn't cover that. I'm like, but I have dental insurance. Like, isn't this what dental insurance is? That's the whole whole problem is you should have been notified that those procedures were not covered. And there's a bill, I think, in, in Congress right now, I think it's called the Surprise Medical Bill, where it would be... Uh, it's it's on the insurance company and the doctors to let you know that this will not be covered and you'll be responsible for this full amount. And if, for whatever reason, falls through the cracks, the doctors and the insurance companies need to work it out amongst themselves in arbitration and not involve the patient. So, like, it'd be one thing if it's like, okay, you know, you, you have to have open-heart surgery, right? And you're in-network doctor is a, is a co-payment of 50 bucks, but you want to go out of network to the best cardiologist in the world. And you have, you full well know that it will cost you a hundred thousand dollars and you make that decision. It's cost a hundred thousand dollars. It's an entirely different issue. If your doctor brings in an out of network cardiologist and says, don't worry, it's going to be covered. We've, we've gone through, I've talked to your insurance company, everything's going to be fine. You get the open heart surgery and get a bill for hundred grand because it's not covered. That's kind of what happened. You know, I, she started explaining to me. Well, so, you, so you're a victim of a surprise yeah. medical bill except on a smaller scale. And well, now that we're talking about it, you're, it's making sense. She was like kind of apologetic and this and that. She wasn't there in August when I went. And then she starts telling me, like, we're kind of out of network. I'm like, well, I didn't know any of that. Like, I didn't say this to her. But I probably could have made a case. I would, you know, because the dentist told me, don't worry about it. And she was like, well, no, he shouldn't have said that. And I guess my position could be, well, he said it. So, Well, you know, the thing, I think I've mentioned this on this podcast. Same thing happened to me. Jeannie was getting uh, an MRI for something. And we were unbeknownst we were in between um we still thought we were covered with her insurance switching over to my insurance but there was a three-day lapse that we had no idea so she goes to get the mri hands over insurance everything's fine she gets you know you're covered blah 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 it took the hospital five months to discover that we weren't insured and then they sent us a bill for thirty eight hundred dollars jesus you know, it's like so. Then we, you know, we called up and we're like, "Listen, we were, you know, how did you, how did you not tell us this? This is basically a surprise medical bill." So we we negotiated with them basically to pay what our insurers would have paid, which was like eleven hundred or twelve hundred bucks, which is still a lot, but not thirty eight hundred dollars. I know, but it's like this is your mistake. Like, why am right. I like you eat it? right? So so it's like this. Like these stories, like whether you're a Democrat or a Republican, only screws the patient. Like this should be, this bill should fly through Congress, but it's not because of special interests, because the doctors, the hospitals, and the insurance companies are making serious bank off of these surprise medical bills. Yeah, and I mean, it can, you know, the whole reason I all of a sudden was like, I need to address this because I, I don't want to dinging my credit or something like that. Correct. Correct. I mean, it, would, I, it would ding your credit. But but all listeners should know that 
these surprise medical bills, you have to fight tooth and nail and it's all negotiable and you could get a lawyer involved too because it, it I mean, the problem is, is if you were, um, you know, if you're on the lower economic scale, you don't have those options open to you and, you know, it, th- then it gets real messy real quick. Well, you know, and the thing is too, if it's $500, it's not worth getting a lawyer involved. I'm going to pay more Correct. than a lawyer. If it's, it's if it's a hundred, it's not worth it. You know, I mean, well, two grand maybe. If it's a hundred grand, yes, uh, right. But you're also going to have to pay the lawyer. It's not like you're getting a settlement Correct. of a hundred thousand dollars or something. Which leads me into our two podcasts um, this week. I had the pleasure of speaking with Aparna Mathur, who is an economist with the American Enterprise Institute, and uh, she was great. She was really enlightening. And what made me think of it, she does a lot of work about parental leave. Uh, And the American Enterprise Institute is generally characterized as rather conservative. Um, And she herself struck me on, you know, some issues as conservative in the traditional sense, free market, things like that. But um, she has helped with the Brookings Institute, which is a a rather liberal think tank, Try, you know, has been pushing through this parental leave thing, how ben- how businesses can handle this, how it benefits people. So we had a good conversation about how some things, whether you are a Republican or a Democrat, parental leave is going to benefit you. It doesn't just benefit Republicans or Democrats or a surprise medical bill. I mean, I don't care what your right. political persuasion is. No one wants a surprise medical bill. So no, and nobody also, wants that. She also explained what a think tank does and uh, how their work seeks to affect policy and things like that. So she was very, very interesting. Uh, she, I mean, don't listen to what I say because I don't know anything. She was able to explain a lot of things that, you know, people hear think tank. A lot of times they don't know what that is. So she did a really good job talking about that and certain specific uh, policies as well. So she was very good. Awesome. Well, I'm sure our listeners will look forward to that. I mean, obviously, fast forwarding or skimming through Matt's comments. Yes. I mean, you, yeah, you don't want to. Now, unfortunately, the second podcast will just be John and I talking yeah. about cheating in baseball. Uh, That's unfortunate. I mean, I think people should just. It, it's all about sign stealing, which honestly, I had to look all this stuff up because I really didn't know what they were talking about. But. Um, the the Houston Astros have been kind of the the pinata for this, but apparently other oh, it was, it was teams, totally cheating. Yeah, and the the Red Sox have also been implicated. Uh, of course, everybody knows New England teams, the Patriots, the Red Sox. We all cheat. We cheated everything. So, uh. of course, of course, <laughs> you guys do. Hey, reality check, everybody. How do you get ahead in life? You cheat. Cheat. Okay. You cheat. I mean, that's it. And, it's still, and yeah. it's, I don't even think we need to really do that podcast. Hey, that's to, the message. Sorry to have everybody biting at the forbidden apple here, but let me let let the working experience pull the wool from your eyes. Cheat. That's how you get ahead. Cheat. You cheat. Cheat. That's it. Yeah. Yeah. So I remember, are you involved? You know, the, you know, the saying is nobody likes a cheater. I, yeah. That's please. BS. Everyone likes a cheater. Look at our president. He, he, he's, he's the biggest <laughs> cheater in America. Are you, he's hey, at least you see, in the top you see, 5%. Bloom, did you, uh, 
Did you uh, watch any of the debates when they were throwing rocks and cake at Bloomberg? No, I heard he got schooled a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. I'm telling you, I'm telling you something though. Good old Bloomberg, he's uh he's I tossing vote. around a lot of cash I and he might be Bloomberg. a contender. Oh, yeah, but I mean, you know, as Amy Klobuchar pointed out before the debate, she's like, you got to get up and talk to people. Like, I mean, ads go so far, but Hillary Clinton was widely criticized for not putting boots on the ground in Wisconsin, and she lost. No, no, I mean, he he definitely has to do that, but he has he's a contender. spent a, a ton of money. He's he's given a lot of weight to charity strategically. He's laid the political foundation across the country. I mean, he was also the mayor of New York. Listen, it's not easy. Listen, he uh, he could be a contender, folks. I, I think, and he's one of the only ones who can go toe to toe with Trump and say, "I am That's, more successful I, than you." I, I mean, I would say that he is the only candidate that could potentially beat Trump. It I don't think kills. any other candidate could beat Trump. If he just keeps saying to Trump, I have more money than you, that kills Donald Trump. It kills yeah, him. Yeah, that's what yeah, that's what he should say at every single debate. Just keep doing it. Keep, I'm a more or successful. I, or, or Mr. President, I could buy you. I could buy you. He, yep. Trump would love that. Yeah. If he said, I came up from the middle class, your daddy handed you everything, I am more successful than you. Look at the numbers. That's it. I mean, that that's all he's got to say. Uh, of course, he used to be a Republican, which I don't know if that helps or hurts him. Uh, I can't really tell. He's he's kind of a technocrat. You know, he's not very ideologically driven. He, you know what? He I think he I think he'd be perfect because he's kind of right in the middle. Yeah, he could bring both people um, from both sides of the aisle. I yeah. think he would be a very good president. Well, that's what Aparna Mathura kept saying. She was like. You know, it's important to stop viewing things like parental leave or climate change or whatever through an ideological lens. Because she said a lot of times people come to these debates, they already have their answer set in stone. Nothing you tell them is going to change anything. So, you know, she takes the position like you just got to keep hammering them with data and saying like, look, this is the way it is. Here are the numbers. And, you know, they're, you know, this has this is what it is and i think bloomberg is seems open to that like just tell me what the numbers right. are i mean right. as you pragmatic. have said huh pragmatic yeah and there's a lot to be said for the president just being an able administrator i mean you're in for eight and out i mean eight years is not that long to make any kind of significant impact right and um you're just supposed to i think there's a book I still haven't read called The Fierce Urgency of Now, which deals with Lyndon Johnson and it was kind of civil rights stuff. But as I recall, the premise of the book is like the president is supposed to sort of, and this runs against the grain of what the presidency has become. The president's supposed to sort of do no harm. You're supposed to administrate. Right. And now it's just become this ridiculous building of a wall. Re reality TV show. Exactly. So, um, Folks, please tune in, uh, listen in, and um, hopefully you'll get some good information, not from John and I, but from our guests. And uh, we'll have more interesting guests coming up in the very near future. All right. Thanks, everyone, for listening. Thank you, everyone, for listening to this episode of The Working Experience. We'd like to thank our sponsors, One Circle Media and the Still Believe app. 
the only app that delivers video proof of the Tooth Fairy and Santa by simply taking a picture. Download the app at stillbelieve.co today and amaze your kids. And if you work for a studio, network, startup, or corporation and are looking for a partner to create media that will build, engage, and entertain your audience, reach out to me at john at onecirclemedia.com. I would love to hear from you. And that's it. The end. The sweet end. Until our next audio encounter.